All right, how's everybody doing? All right, we are going to wake up a little bit. How's everybody doing? I was pretty good, but look, let's get more lively. The, the more lively you are, the faster I preach, the quicker we get out of here, the quicker y'all get dinner. How's that, huh? You guys want to be here all night. Praise God. Me too. Let's do it. Now, listen, y'all, uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Jason Townsend. I'm one of the lead pastors here, and I just am really excited about the word today. We started a series last week called The Names of God, and listen, didn't Tiffany, where'd she go? She just jumped ship? Where'd she go? She crushed it, y'all, like did an amazing job. If you didn't catch it, it is on Spotify. Check it out. It was really, really great. But we're going to continue this series. But she talked about how, in, how names are important. Do you believe that? Come on. Names are important. But here's the crazy thing. We live in a culture where I'm convinced kids, people are just naming their kids whatever they want. Like, it's insane. Okay? Like, I heard a story. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to pretend like it's true because it's funny. But I heard a story of a woman who, who, whenever she gave birth, she was in the hospital, and she would just find an object and name her child after for the object. So one of her kids' name was named Calendar. One of her kids' name was named Clock. I'm like, what kind of messed up parent do you got to be to put your kid through all kinds of crazy torture to name your kid Clock, okay? Like, insane. Okay, so here's the crazy thing, right? So I love looking up definitions of names. And listen, I apologize if anyone in this room is named one of these names, but they're funny, right? So like, for example, like the name Deborah, right? Does anybody know a Deborah? Anybody? <laughs> Deborah means B, like bzz, B. Like, oh my God, like, wow. Okay, uh, the, word, the name Kyle means a narrow piece of land. <laughs> Like, maybe that was cool, like in old English times. Like, it made sense. Like, they lived on a narrow piece of land. They're like, Kyle, you live on a narrow piece of land. Kyle means narrow piece of land. Bethany, anybody know a Bethany? Come on. My sister's name is Bethany. And Bethany means house of figs. <laughs> house of figs? Come on. It gets better, okay? Brandon, anybody know a Brandon? Brandon means broom-covered hill. <laughs> can't make that stuff up. You really can't. Okay. Uh, Chloe. Anybody know a Chloe? Anybody? Chloe means green sprout. <laughs> okay. One more. One more. This is like, I told this to Tiffany. I thought it was hilarious. And she was like, that's not that funny. But Adam, anybody know an Adam? It means man. <laughs> Adam. It's like Adam. Well, Adam, the first man was Adam. We'll just name you Adam. There it is. Man. Okay. Man. Right. So, and she talked about how like when we were, you know, when we were looking, you know, Tiffany was pregnant with Judah and we were just like, we want, you know, we prayed about the name and Jonah, same thing. We prayed about the name and we were just like, Judah means praise and Eli means the Lord is our God and Jonas means peaceful being. He's the most peaceful kid you've ever met. <laughs> Anybody that knows him is like lies, all of them, right? Oh man. Didn't work out, right? But he's awesome. He's a great kid. He's crazy. He's great, right? But uh, peaceful being and Elliot, the same thing. The Lord is our God, right? And we were just, we were, it's almost as if you could be prophetic kind of, right? Speaking and praying over your children. And obviously, if your kid is named, you know, Green Sprout, okay, it's not a big deal. The Lord can use a Green Sprout. Do you believe that? Come on, somebody. I looked up a few names of people that are in this room that I thought were really cool, and I just wanted to share them, right? The, the Hebrew meaning for the word Michael is who 
is like God? Who is like God? Watch this. There is no one like God. There is none as famous and powerful as God. That's what Brand, or that's what uh, Michael means. That's what Michael means. Uh, Brianna means daughter of God. How cool is that? Daughter of God. Come on, somebody. The name John means Jehovah has given. Jehovah's gift or gift from God. Uh, Christina means follower of Christ, right? So cool. The Hebrew name for Lily means God is abundance or God is my oath, right? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Listen, when you start having kids, if you've already had kids, it's all good. But if you start having kids, pray about their names and really pray, Lord, what is it that, that you're wanting for this child's future? And really just, just I, I believe that. I believe giving your children names that have power. Come on, do you believe that? Come on, I mean, you don't have to do that. You can name them Grassy Knoll if you want. It's all good, okay? Listen, I am horrible with names. I'm terrible with names. In fact, it's, it's actually a problem, and I probably need to get help for it, okay? I'm so bad with names. And I've created a system to help me remember people's names because remembering names is important. Do you believe that? It's very important, right? And so I've created a system. So a few of my contacts are there, uh, a woman named Jennifer Thornton. I think she lives in California, but she did media. So it's Jennifer Media, right? It's a way for me to remember. And I have a bunch of others. But I was, I was in... Guitar Center, and and I actually um, I, I was hanging out trying to buy some uh, some gear for this building because we were moving into this building, and I met a guy, and his name is Stephen. Where's Stephen at? Where's he at? Did he leave? Is he gone? Oh, there he is, right there. Okay, Stephen, right. But the first day he come, I met him in Guitar Center, and I'm like, bro, do you play drums? Do you want to play tomorrow? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, awesome. You know, got to know him, put his information in there, and then when he gets to church the next day in front of all of our team, I'm like, hey guys, meet Philip. And he's like, he didn't say anything the first time, but then I got again with a bunch of other people around. I was like, guys, meet Philip. He's super awesome. And he's like, dude, my name's not Philip. And I'm like, what do you mean? I practiced this on the way to church. Like, how did I miss that? How did I mess that up, right? But his name's not Philip. His name is Stephen, unless I call him Philip now still. I'm like, what's up, Philip? Or his, name's, his name is not Philip is what it is, right? So listen, biblically, I want you to hear me say this. Biblically, names represented who people were. This is why I think it's so important, because if you read Scripture, the, the name of, of people represented who they are. Listen to me. The names of God represents who he is. Do you believe that tonight? The names of God represent who he is. It represents his character. How many of you know it's important to know what God's character is? Do you believe that? It's important to know. I have two scriptures here real quick. We're going to jump into this. Philippians 2, 5, it says this. You must have the same attitude that Christ. Everybody shout Christ. Come on, that was like three of you. Everybody shout Christ. The same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Verse 7, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human, as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, watch this, God elevated him. Somebody say elevated him. 
to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. Do you believe that? Gave him the name above all all names that name of Jesus or that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth verse 11 and 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 every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is God to the glory of God the Father in heaven do you believe that the name that is above every other name Proverbs 18 10 says this the name of the Lord is a strong fortress. Somebody say strong fortress. The godly, somebody say godly. Run to him and are safe. Tonight, you guys, I want to preach to you from the subject and really from the name Jehovah. And this is kind of like a, a, an intro to the rest of this series because Jehovah literally means Lord or the self-existent one. Basically, this name is, is so significant because it reveals God's nature and his, uh, his unchanging nature. How many of you know you serve a God that does not change? You can change, your family can change, your situation can change, your job can change, but God does not change. Do you believe that? Everything else in your life can fall apart and God doesn't change. You can hold on to the presence and power of God. Do you believe that? The name Jehovah literally means the self-existent one. It means he was, he's been here forever. He operates outside of time. We are in time. So we are living our lives by minutes and months and weeks and days. But God lives outside of that time. Do you believe that? He has always existed. When God uh, identified himself as Jehovah to Mo Moses, he said, what did he say? I am that I am. He was emphasizing that he has always existed and always will exist. It is so good because I serve a God that isn't one of these dead, dormant statues of a God. I serve a God that is alive and powerful and active. Do you believe that tonight? You serve the same God. And he's always existed. Listen to me. Jewish scribes of, uh, of ancient times, when they were translating and writing, they had such an incredible reverence for the name Jehovah, or as we say, Yahweh. Actually, the truth is, is nobody actually even knows how to pronounce it, because when they were writing it down, they left out the vowels, so we actually don't even know how to pronounce it, but they believe it says Yahweh, right? Yahweh. As scribes were writing down and, and copying and, and writing and copying, Literally, it, it said, it's been said that, that they would take a, a fresh pen when they got to the name Yahweh or to the name Jehovah. They would take a fresh pen with fresh ink. And before they started to write, they would go take a bath. They would put on brand new clothes. And then they would sit down and write that name because they had such incredible reverence for the name Jehovah. How many of us, let's just be real. How many of us have, can, can even just fathom that type of reverence for the name of God? And what I'm saying is this. I don't, you don't need to take a bath. All I know is there's a ton of clean scribes. That's all I know, okay? As they're writing it down, Jehovah, oh, I got to go take a bath. Oh, I got to go take a bath. The reality is, is having a reverence for the name of God is so important. Why? Because the names, or because the names of God reveal his character. And when you know God's character, you can get to know him as a loving God who cares for you deeply. Do you believe that? Praise God. I believe that too. 
Jehovah in the Hebrew, it means I am, or like we just said, the self-existent one. Jehovah re- reveals the uh, reveals God's inter- or eternal and unchanging nature. Listen to me. We change. God does not change. Do you believe that? We change. God does not change. I have two. Uh, I have two uh, points here, real quick, and we're going to get through them. It's going to be real good. Ready? One says this. Jehovah God is a supreme creator. Jehovah God is a supreme creator. Deuteronomy 10, 17 says this. For the Lord your God, everybody shout God. Okay, that was three of you. I need everybody. Everybody shout God. Is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God. Watch this. Who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. Verse 18, he ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. Verse 19, so you too must show love to foreigners for yourself were once a foreigner in the land of Egypt. Verse 20, you must fear, this is that reverence, this is awe. The word fear literally means awe. You must fear the Lord. Somebody say Lord. You must fear the Lord your God and worship and cling to him. How many of us know that we need to cling to God? You must worship and fear and cling to him. Verse 21, he alone is your God and only and the only one who is worthy of your praise. The one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes. Verse 22, when your ancestors went down into Egypt, they were, the, they were only 70 of them. But now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. The Lord our God is a supreme creator. That, that word God literally means supreme. How many of you... Um, how many of you like the UFC, Ultimate Fighting? Anybody? Anybody? Come on. Come on, Philip. I mean, what? Oh, hold on. <laughs> Listen, I love UFC. I'm from Vegas, so some people are like, do you like football? And I'm like, I mean, it's all right. College football is okay. Everybody calm down. Go Vols, right? Um, I love UFC, though, right? Uh, uh, Vegas is like the UFC capital of, of the United States. And um, one specific fighter that I really like is Chuck Liddell. Anybody ever heard of Chuck Liddell? Come on. Listen, Chuck Liddell, what the Iceman. That's right, baby. That's right. Chuck Liddell, to me, was absolutely unstoppable, right? I mean, I, well, I even have like a shadow box. I wish I would have brought it with a glove. It's signed and everything with a picture of him sign it because I'm that cool, right? Because I have a glove from Chuck Liddell, right? And so this dude would dominate everyone, everyone. He had this crazy overhand right that would just put people to sleep. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was incredible. But he got into one fight where he got knocked out. And I was like, oh, it's cool. Everybody loses. It's not that big of a deal. One fight, right? And then he goes up against this guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but his name is Rampage Jackson. This dude was like demonic, okay? I'm pretty sure, okay? Like the dude walked around with a chain on his neck that was like this massive bike chain, and he just was insane. And I remember the day that Chuck Liddell got knocked out by this dude. I was devastated. I was, I mean, you can ask my wife. And then when he, you know, one fight, one fight, one fight, he kept losing. And then they put him, you know, into retirement. But listen to me, what's so crazy is a man like Chuck Liddell can only last so long. 
Do you know that? Men can only last so long. Humankind can only last so long. None of them are supreme like our God. And when I think about it, I'm sitting here going, the truth is, is some of us, and I've done it too, but some of us act, we almost act like God isn't supreme. Right? Because if you really believed that he was supreme, it would change the way that we live. Because you would take him at his word. It wouldn't just be a song that we sing. I'll take you at your word. We would actually believe it and mean it and live it out. Do you believe that tonight? And I know that sounds heavy, but that's the reality. If we, if we looked at God as a supreme creator, we would also understand that the things he says works. Because how many of you know if you're supreme, that means you are greater than all others. Do you believe that tonight? He is a supreme creator. Here's the reality. God created everything. God even created Satan. Did you know that? Most people don't know this, but here's the reality. Satan is not a creator. He's only a manipulator. Did you hear me? Satan is not a creator. He is only a manipulator. And what he does is he takes what the Lord has created and he tries to manipulate it to cause the maximum amount of damage to Jehovah's creation. Isaiah 14, 12 says this, Oh, you are the fallen, or sorry, you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to earth. You will destroy the nations of the world. Satan wants to take what God has created and try and manipulate it to destroy your life so that your life doesn't match up to what God is calling you to do. Somebody needs to hear this tonight, and I'm just being honest. The reality is, is we as believers, and I've lived this, so I'm not even throwing stones. I'm just telling you, you can live your whole life Searching after something that you think is going to bring you fulfillment or satisfaction. You think that something is going to, you know, have you ever heard somebody say, this is my better half? Like somehow a person is going to make you whole? Can I tell you that the only thing in this all creation that can make you whole is Jesus? Some of y'all, listen to me, if two broken people come together, it doesn't make a whole person. You just have a jacked up relationship. It's the reality. Some of us are like, dude, I'm living it. <laughs> Don't nudge your neighbor. If the, okay? <laughs> the reality is, is this, is God has something that everyone, Jehovah has something that we are called to. He has created us for a specific purpose and reason. And the enemy is constantly trying to pull you into a place where you're distracted and not focused. And then we get messed up and we go, God, Why? When in reality, God didn't do it. God didn't do it. He has created you for a reason. This is my second point, actually, and we're going to get into that. We are his creation. How many of you know God made us and he knows us? Did you hear me? There's no one in this room, I don't care if you're married, I don't care if it's your child, I don't care if it's your mom or your dad, no one in this room knows you better than God knows you. Did you hear me? No one in this room knows you better than God knows you. Let me ask you a question. If your car breaks down, are you going to take it to a bakery? No, because what tool does a bakery have that can fix a busted engine? 
It's not a trick question. There's not a tool. I mean, you can maybe sit around and eat bread. I mean, bread is incredible. So we can just eat bread all day. Come on. Bread is my drug of choice. Let's go, somebody. (laughs) I relapse every day with bread, okay? But the truth is, is if your car breaks down, you want to take it to the manufacturer. Why? Because the manufacturer created the car, and the manufacturer knows how to fix its individual problems. How many of you know if you take your car to a bakery, it's not going to fix your car? It's just going to make your life feel better because you could eat donuts and cake and stuff. You have to take your life to the manufacturer if you want it to be Listen to me. This is so big. His creation is intentional. Did you hear me? His creation is intentional. God didn't just willy-nilly, like, I'm going to do that. I want to do that. His creation is intentional. So you mean to say that every person on the planet was created by God? Yes. And I will prove it. I will prove it. We are made, listen, we are made in the image and likeness of God. Genesis 1, 26 through 27 says this, and I love the way the voice says it. It says God, in verse 26, God is saying this. Now let us, everybody say us, conceive a new creation, humanity, made in, somebody say our, our image, fashioned according to, come on, our likeness, and let us grant them authority over all the earth, the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the domesticated animals and the small creeping creatures on the earth. That's so funny the way that it says that. Verse 27, so God did just that. Watch this. He created humanity in what? His image created them male and female. I'm going to say something and I want you to hear me say it. Why do you think, why do you think the enemy is going so far out of his way to attack the identity of this world? Because we were created in the image of God. And I'm telling you, Satan, a lot of people don't know this, but Satan was an angel. And he got rebellious and he got prideful and God was like, done, out, and threw him down to earth, out. Now, there's a lot of different speculations as to when that happened. But Satan has been in the throne room, y'all. Satan has been around the Father. He has seen what the Father looks like. So when we are created in the image of God, when we are created in his image and in his likeness, Satan sees you and he goes, I can't stand looking at you. Because you remind him of everything that he is not in anymore. And so he wants to destroy you because he is just that upset. He is that frustrated because he knows that he has an eternity in hell and and we have eternity with the Father. Everything we are because we were made in the image of God. Let me take it even further. Listen to me. Adolf Hitler was made in the image of God. Did you hear me? Adolf Hitler was made in the image of God. Now, does that mean that Adolf Hitler followed the plans and purposes of God for his life? Absolutely not. I use that as an example because it's insane. It sounds insane. You mean a dude that murdered 40 million Jews is made in the image of God? Absolutely. But look at me. We are made in the image of God, but God does not force us to follow his ways. 
listen to me, without the ability to choose, love does not exist. Do you understand that? Forced love is not, is not a thing. It's not real love. Without the ability to choose, we actually don't have love. So someone like Adolf Hitler, one of the worst human beings on the planet, was absolutely born and made in the image of God. But he chose to follow his own ideals, his own desires, and he chose to pursue what the enemy had for his life instead of what the Lord had for his life. Look at me. Satan, this is what I wrote down. Satan is working overtime to cause confusion in our identity. Because look at me, look at me. Every single one of you in this room are created for a purpose and a reason. And the reality is most people, most people that I have seen, they live their lives chasing things that will never bring them satisfaction, that will never bring them fulfillment, that that will never do what it is the enemy is telling you it will do. He's not going to fulfill you, ladies. He's not going to. He's not. And she's not going to fulfill you, dudes. Come on. It's not going to happen. I love my wife. She is like literally one of the best things that's ever happened to me. But she does not fulfill me. And I don't fulfill her. It's an unhealthy expectation for me to ask her to fulfill me. It's a God-shaped hole that Tiffany cannot fill. And that's not even ugly. That's balance. That's me going, Lord, you are greater. You're greater than everything. I have such reverence for who you are, such reverence for your name. This is why we have people all over the place. I see it all over the place. I identify as fill in the blank. I saw a video where a grown man, I think 60 years old, was trying to identify as a a toddler. Literally had their whole house rearranged to just to look like a massive crib. And I'm like, Jesus, come on. I'm like, pray for, I'm not even, it's, it's like funny, but I'm like, guys, this world needs Jesus. The identity who God created us to be is being corrupted and messed up and destroyed. And it is our job. Listen to me. It's your job. Not just as a pastor, but as a believer. It is your job to go, let me, let me show you what the word of God says. There are so many broken people, and I know you know them. There are broken people that we spend our lives with. But listen to me. Watch I want to show you something. If you look at creation, and we're not going to read the whole story, but he created light on the first day, atmosphere on the second day, dry ground on the third day, the sun, the moon, and the stars on the fourth day, on the fifth day, birds and sea creatures on the sixth day, land animals, and last, he created humans. I think it's so powerful because, look, he still works the same way. He created an environment, and then he created life with that environment. He created an environment that that could sustain life, and then he created life within that environment. Um, I was talking with Emily last night. I asked her if I could share this, but she made the comment. And honestly, I think that this comment is probably deeper than even I understand. But basically, and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting you, right? She said, I've been through a lot of crap I never should have had to deal with. And ever since I've been coming to City Point, I've gotten so much clarity from the Lord about everything. And listen to me. This is not a plug for City Point at all. But I want you to know, God has created an environment here that within that environment, life can start to happen. 
So many of us have had our lives changed, and it's not me, it's not my wife, it's not the leadership here. It is the presence of God that we have set up an altar here, and we're like, listen, everything else can break. I don't know how many times the piano has to mess up. I don't care. The presence of God is what changes people's lives within that environment. So God created an environment, and within that environment, he created life. Listen, you were not created in the image of our culture. You were created in the image of our creator. Did you hear that? You were not created in the image of our culture. You were created in the image of our creator. This is why this is so powerful. Because our culture changes all the time. Our culture can't decide what's going on, what's up, what's down, what's sideways. They can't decide. This is why having a God who never changes, an eternal God who has always existed, who operates outside of time, his character doesn't change, his love doesn't change, his morals do not change. You, listen to me, you were created not by culture, but you were created by our creator. It's so big. It's the age, it is the age old question. What's the purpose of life? And if you YouTube it, it's unbelievable, the stuff that comes up. There's a little kid. I almost showed the video. But this little kid is just like, well, I, if, if you look at the ants, and he's just going through, like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, turn the camera off. That kid needs to go play video games. Like, what's wrong with this child? But I'm telling you, it's a, it is a rabbit hole. Is rabbit trail, rabbit hole? It is a dark hole that you can just go down when, if you're not understanding that. Listen, the purpose of life is to be in relationship with your creator. The purpose of life is not to go with the ebbs and flows of culture. The purpose of life is not even for you to be happy. Do you understand that? Another lie that our culture says, well, just be happy. Whatever makes you happy. No! Oftentimes, the things that we pursue to make us happy are the things that have wrecked our lives. Is that not right? I mean, think about your own life. And you can, look, you can say I'm lying until your life's a wreck. And then you'll be like, okay, okay, you were right. Or, or you could just go, dude, listen, I've been homeless. I've been a drug addict. I've been messed up living on the streets. And I'm telling you, I've pursued it all. I've pursued relationships. I've pursued it all. And none of it is going to fulfill you like a relationship with our creator. And you want to jump on up there? I don't know if the pad's working or not. I might need Garrett on the guitar. <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> Listen to me. I want to show you something that is so big. I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to read scripture, and then we're going we're gonna to jump into this. Something that is on my notes that I want to say. It's really big. Listen. <laughs> I don't know what name you've come in, here with, come in here with. I don't know what name you have come into this room with. But Jesus can change your name. Boom, come on. Listen to me, listen to me. Jesus can change your name. I remember when I, when I gave my life to the Lord, I was... I was 19 years old, and y'all, I was, I was more messed up than anyone in this room is right now. I'm telling you, the person you see before you is not the same person. And I've shared, my, I've shared some of my story, but one thing I've, I, I didn't share is that the church that I was going to, um, 
I wanted to get on the worship team. I got saved and I was like, I just want to be on the worship team. And they literally flat out said, you're not good enough. And I was hurt, right? Hurt my feelings. I was just, I mean, I'm 19 and I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. I know that I gave my life to the Lord. I know he radically changed me. And I said, fine, I'll go somewhere else then. Look at me. Can I just say something? Somebody in this room needs to hear this. Rejection oftentimes is redirection. Did you hear me? Rejection hurts. It hurts so bad. But I'm telling you, listen to me. If you're not putting your identity in that thing that has rejected you, and you're putting your identity in your creator, Jehovah, when you are rejected, you're not finding your identity in it. So your life doesn't fall apart. And I'm not even, I'm telling you, my life has fallen apart because of rejection. And I've told you all some of the story. I'm not trying to be like, I've got this and it's so perfect. It's, it's hard. It's so hard. But I'm telling you, when you're finding your identity in your creator and not in this thing, whatever it is, fill in the blank. Your life won't fall apart when, when life falls apart. John chapter 1, verse 40. This is so big, and I just, I'm praying you guys catch it. Because look at me. The difference between information and revelation is an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You have information. You can read it. There are serial killers that are studying the Bible. An encounter with the Holy Spirit makes it revelation. Revelation is what will cause you to give your life for this thing. Because it takes it from information, the Holy Spirit turns it into revelation, and it cuts deep down in who you are. Jesus can change your name. How many of you in this room, not literally, but have had your, the Lord has changed your life, he's changed your name. Come on. He's changed your name. Praise God. Praise God. John chapter 1, verse 40, it says this. Andrew, Simon... Peter's brother was one of these men who had heard what John had said and then followed Jesus. I don't know why this makes me so emotional, but it does. Verse 41, Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Verse 42, then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking, just imagine this for a moment. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Listen, it's so big. The name Simon means shifting sand. The name Peter means the rock. God, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm so emotional. And I think because he's changed my life like that. I remember, listen, before I gave my life to the Lord, actually right after I gave my life to the Lord, for years after, people called me the drunk preacher. Because of how messed up I was. And it wasn't nice either. It really hurt my feelings. I'm like, I'm not a drunk preacher. But listen, I ignored the lie and it eventually died. 
and the truth wound up coming forward. That the Lord has changed my life. And, and look at me in the face right now. He can change your life. He can change your name. Do me a favor, stand to your feet.